Radio Book Rwanda. Isewanu richi mochinyarwa. Radio Book Rwanda. Radio Book Rwanda. The Thunder Hunter by Jimmy Tuiringire. That morning, with its glorious sunshine, had promised to be beautiful. But it was far from beautiful, given by the time night was falling again, I would have laid my brother in a grave. I could still feel everything he went through the previous day, as if we were together. I could picture him relentlessly fighting with death until it prevailed over him and took him away from us. This is not usual, exclaimed Dion. It was the third time the doctor had been back to examine Rutaringwa's body since he passed on. Even the police knew it was not usual. They had requested an autopsy. That way they might find out something, not only about his death, but about similar mysterious deaths that had come before. We were sure, though, that we knew how he had died, that he had been struck by the thunder. But we also knew that they would not understand that. I was in senior four when grandma told me that she had once seen my grandpa kill the thunder. I had studied the scientific concept of thunder at school and I couldn't understand what she was telling me. I think that refuting her point and trying to beat her with my school philosophy is the reason she chose silence. I never got to know the other parts of the story from her and the fact that after killing it, grandpa had drunk its blood. Only on his deathbed did my brother reveal to me that this is a power absorption tactic. The blood makes one stronger than ever to fight thunder. After my brother's autopsy, which was good for nothing, the doctor told the police that he was probably killed by wild animals. This didn't bring any clarity to an atmosphere of confusion. The lingering question remained unanswered. After a close to infinity wait, they finally let us have his body. After we'd held a traditional funeral for my brother, and as we were about to start the mourning period, Dion raised the subject with me again. You were in a rush. You can wait to have his body. Didn't you want to know the cause of his death? Dion was a competent doctor and a close friend. I first met Dion at the library. I remember at the time I was reading Salem's Lot, the novel by Stephen King. He told me it was his first time meeting a Rwandan who reads books just for fun. We kept on talking for a while, found we had so much in common, and from then our friendship sparked. At first, I told him that we knew the cause of my brother's death, if only to see if that would scare him. I stared at him, but he was more curious than scared. I went on. Well, it would be difficult for you to understand. But even my mother knows how he died. It's just that we could not find a way to explain it to the police. I saw a glance of shock catch him. You are not serious, he said. So I told him. Your Western history says that vampires may have existed. What do you think about that? You're not going to tell me vampires killed him, are you? Every country has a history that is deep-rooted in their own culture. That history is made of parts that in places seem impossible. For example, 
When missionaries came to Africa, they convinced us that most of our beliefs were obscene. Colonizers told us that our culture was not good and taught us that it would be better if we adopted theirs. We went to their schools, which is not all bad, by the way, as they gave us knowledge. We then felt smart and went back to our grandfather's houses. We told them that the rains fell because of the sun, that the warmth makes the ocean vapors ascend into the sky, which later becomes rain. We told them that our rainmakers, who were widely known to be the creators of the rain, were just liars. We told them that the thunder they perceived in the shape of a cockerel is just a fruit of their imagination. We told them a lot of things that we thought were impossible, and we convinced them that their country's history, that same history they were told by their own ancestors, was just a lie. We turned our backs on some aspects of our history which still have valid evidence. How do I rebut some of Ruganzo's legacies? When I saw his feet as well as his dog's paws forever engraved on a rock. If those exist, I have no reason to deny that our ancestors made the rain fall in certain places that had experienced drought for too long. Those rainmakers, blacksmiths, traditional healers, beekeepers, and many others were the great pillars of Rwandan culture. Even though during his time in Rwanda, Dion had tried to learn our language and had read some history books by Alexis Kagame and Rugamba Cyprien, there were ideas he could not understand and it wasn't important to explain these to him. When he realized I had stopped, he asked me, So, his death, does it have a link to all that history? It's just that I am sure you won't believe me if I told you he was killed by the thunder. Go on then, convince me. All the categories of people I told you about had a certain responsibility, and they played a great role in Rwandan society. The rainmakers that I mentioned used spirits and gifts they had inherited from their ancestors. They made the rainfall to water the crops, and when it didn't rain, they knew that God was holding something against that specific place. Families were required to pass these responsibilities onto their children to keep this tradition alive. During colonization, all these roles became so difficult because they were painted with a villain's face. Those who had weak spirits found it easy to let them go. But there were others who had enormously powerful spirits, and if their chosen heirs resisted, the spirits would slay them or make them go insane. That is why there are still wizards and witches in some places. There is a particular category of Awagigi that are destined to hunt thunder. My elder brother was one of them. He inherited it from my father, who had inherited it from my grandfather. He was trying hard to understand, but he couldn't get his head around it. Before he could say anything, I proceeded. I believe in the scientific concept of thunder. But I also believe that there's another creature that Rwandans refer to as thunder that I compare to vampires. It has been just a few days since I found out that my elder brother was a thunder hunter. From his own explanation of how thunder kills people and from the fact that you, the doctors, couldn't find any valid cause of his death, I believe without a doubt that he was killed by the thunder. My elder brother barely talked. When we were kids, I thought that the reason he didn't talk to us was because he felt much older. He was only five years older than me and my younger sisters all had a two-year age gap. 
being closer in age to my sisters, we somehow felt more connected to one another and saw our friendships flourished. Though distant, we still respected our brother as the eldest, and also because of that silent character of his. Although sometimes we couldn't take it anymore and thought he was being deliberately mean. When he was 17 years old, he had to drop out of school after my father died. I was devastated because I was so passionate about studying. I thought he was condemning his future to destruction. School was the heritage that middle-class traders gave to their children back then. I always wondered why my mother supported his decision. It wasn't until a long time after that I learned he was possessed by spirits inherited from my father which would not let him live like any regular person. I was dreading a barrage of questions from Dion. Luckily, he was decent enough to ask only one easy one. I know that killing a vampire requires a silver bullet, or you have to ram a large stake into its heart. What does it take to kill those thunders? When I last talked to Rutarengwa, he told me that the thunder won't die unless killed by Umujiji, a destined thunder hunter. The more thunders a destined hunter kills, the more powerful he gets. But he can't live for more than 50 years. He also told me that getting your hands on the thunder is nearly impossible. Once you get your eyes on it, you hit its head with a club. To kill it, you throw a spear at it with a thunder-killing poison. As you saw from Rutarengwa's body, a thunder has everything except pity in its savage slaying. The first thing it does is pluck out your eyes from the sockets with its nails. Then once you are blinded, it will kill you slowly. But how do destined hunters know where to find the thunder? You remember the cockerel-shaped monster I said Rundans referred to as thunder, right? Whenever the usual thunder strikes, the hunter knows exactly where the other monster is going to strike from. Whenever the usual thunder strikes, the thunder monster is also lingering around, ready to take a human life. Just as this is about to happen, something starts nagging the hunter. As soon as he wakes up, all his daily activities lead the way to the thunder striking spot. Rutarengwa told me that killing it happens in the blink of an eye. That even if somebody saw him, they could not figure out that he was fighting it. When he kills it, it melts down and shapeshifts to clay. It becomes the clay we use in construction. Did he tell you what it looks like? Well, let me use the word thunder instead of monster, so I can easily explain it to you in my brother's own words. He told me the real thunder looks like a cockerel. However, there are other thunders that were born from witches that Nyavingi cast away. Those ones take people's lives. The cockerel-shaped thunders kill only their hunters as those are their unique enemies. But the thunder hunters kill all of the thunders. They kill those born from witches, for they take human lives. And they kill the cockerel-shaped thunders to sip on their blood and become more powerful. Those that kill humans use their legs and arms to fight, but their upper torso also looks like that of a cockerel. I can't picture it in my head. So was your elder brother 50 yet? Of course. But he looks so much younger. I thought you were the older one. 
The thunder blood I told you about is an anti-aging potion. Oh, I get it. But I could see he couldn't understand a thing. Even I, who knew a lot more than I had shared with him, was not fully comfortable affirming that these things were real. Dion told me that he needed to leave. He had honored us by staying so long. You all know how long doctor's hours are. After seeing him off in his car, I was plunged back into a sea of thoughts as I made my way home. I asked myself the serious question. Rutaringwa has now passed away. Who in our family will inherit thunder hunting? I could not imagine quitting my cherished job to go on the hunt for thunder. I had worked hard and given the best of myself to become the man I am today. It was not easy because the longer I studied, the older I got. And I knew very well that my brother didn't have a wife. My goal was to get married, but not until after I got my doctorate. At that time, word was wandering around that my mother had no luck with her children. If her two oldest sons could not give her grandchildren, it would be the most terrible way for her to grow old. My goal-oriented self could not let me care about that. I knew I would rest only once I hit my target, and that's the way it was. My worry about who Rutayengwa may have passed the thunder hunting onto was not born of self-pity. What disturbed me was that if it was really me, I would have no other choice except to pass it on to one of my children. My eldest son Bryant was seven years old. This would mean that after the five years I had to live before I got to 50, I would have to pass it on to him when he reached 13. How ill-fitted would it be for him at that young age? I decided that if I found out that I was the one to inherit this destiny, I would fight against it. I remembered Dutaringwa talking to me about the first day he fought a thunder. He didn't know what was going on. He said he found himself fighting a fantastically huge creature and that he was holding my father's club and spear. They fought in the middle of a forest that was some distance from our home. He usually did that long walk when he accompanied the workers to the farms, but he was surprised that on that day he could not remember how he had walked all that way. But, he said, he didn't dwell too much on it and went back home with a proud smile. Though he was stuck in a ditch of confusion about what had just happened to him, he felt that it was a heroic act. Once he put down my father's weapons, my mother was the first one to see him and asked, astonished, you left a short time ago? Where did you get these wounds from? Rutaringwa couldn't find any words. His mind could not find an explanation for the scene before them. My mother gave him that long stare that demanded an answer at all costs. Then he said, Mother, I don't know if I just lived a dream, but I saw things happening. And I, I just can't pretend it didn't happen with all these wounds on my arms. I saw myself fighting with a, th a thing, a thing which looked like a cockerel, but it was shape-shifting. In one moment, it would turn into a person, then back into a cockerel. It was fierce and strong, mother. And if I didn't have father's weapons, it would have killed me. When my mother heard this, panic caught her. She didn't ask any more questions, nor utter another word. A long time after, in the middle of the night, when we were all sleeping deeply, my mother enlightened Rutaringwa about what had happened to him. When Rutaringwa heard the story, he asked himself several questions and he could not explain that feeling. 
Everything had changed in a snap of the fingers. And he could not differentiate the fear he had for his future from the excitement he had to be the chosen one. The strongest warrior of the family, tasked with a mission to fight those outlandish creepy monsters. To be a protecting shield for both the believers and non-believers. He thought that it might only be him and our mother among the people all over Guagasao who still believed that thunder existed in that way. I left the old man we had been chatting to at the vigil at around 2am to get some sleep. Once in bed, the fear would not let my eyelids touch one another. I woke up at 6am and headed to my mother's room. She had slept with my two sisters, but she was already awake, a hand resting on her forehead. I was afraid her night might have been filled with as many worries as mine. Good morning, mother. I'm sorry for coming to you this early, I said. Good morning, Kademira. Not at all. Without saying anything, I pulled her by the arm, took her to the storeroom, and sat her down. I said, I am ashamed of my lack of willingness to know about our family's history. Mother, I would like you to tell me if this curse will forever run in our family. Ask me what you want, I will answer you. But first you need to know that your father and your elder brother didn't understand it as a curse. I don't care how they understood it. I want you to tell me if there's anyone in the family who will take on this hunting thing. You are scared by the thought that your elder brother is dead without leaving a child behind and it would be likely that you are next in line or maybe your children. That's what bothers you, isn't it? Rutaringwa told me a lot of important things, but he never told me that. So who is next in line to take his place? When Rutaringwa was a child, your father once came back home drunk and he praised him saying that he had given birth to Rujiji the mighty thunder killer. He said that often, and I didn't really understand what he meant. But then one day, I was told that my husband was an Omojiji. We had a brawl because he had never told me about it before we got married. When your elder brother reached his 30s, I asked him why he wasn't getting married, and he reminded me of that history. He told me that he wouldn't like to ever hurt his wife, and that even though he was passionate about what he did, he thought that if he had a child and would have to pass that on, it would become difficult to live with it in the future. So he put an end to thunder hunting history in our family because he passed away without an heir. I had never understood why my elder brother had never had a woman in his life. When my mother explained it to me, I looked out to my brother as an incredible hero. He had refused to deceive his descendants. However, I also began to realize that it is through actions of this kind that our tradition gets swept away as the years go by. <laughs>